Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And I can't hear my mic. There, I got, I got this, it. I got it all turned up now. All right, we're good. I turn it down to play the intro because it's good for us to hear the intro. It helps jazz us up and get us ready, but yes. it's really loud in our ears compared to us talking. 2017 us. Yes. Goodness, can you believe that? Five years ago. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, Strong wasn't... No, when it, was it 20, 2017 was when we... January 2017 is when we started recording. We didn't release anything until late 2017, like November. Okay. So it's been like five years. Okay. We've gotten really lax at putting anything out. Well, we've gotten busier. That's true. You know, we've had a lot going on. We're five years older. A lot of things have changed. Yes. I went from a parent of one to a parent of three. I got a whole new job. Two jobs. You did. I got two new jobs. (laughs) Yes, you did. You're still doing the same thing. Yes, I am. <laughs> Except ordained. Yes, and, and expanding some, I guess. Yeah, which that's is true. good. But yeah, but I'm excited not just because we're doing this again, which I'm always excited to do, but I'm excited because Sheldon is back. Yeah. Sheldon has been away, and uh, as we've often noted, like we're friends outside of doing this. Yeah. Though that wasn't true in the initial, we became friends because of this. We were friends. Here, two guys uh, build a friendship, tune into their podcast. Yeah. We were friendly, (laughs) but we became friends because of doing this. I would say we were good sparring partners before this. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of fleshing out ideas. That's very fair. We still are. Yeah. But I would honestly, I honestly think that's part of why we podcast less, is because we'd rather hang out. (laughs) And half the time, that's what we do. Although, what did I just say to you recently? And you're like, no, no, that's not how that is at all. Oh, I was telling you that our militia is not well regulated oh, yeah. in the United States. Yes. I was just like, I feel like we could do a little bit better with the regulation yes. of our militia. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my point was that that's not the point of the right to bear arms because there's a distinction made between the militia and, and the, the people. people. And essentially what the Second Amendment says is because there is the necessity of having some kind of standing army... In the United States, right. the right of the people to keep and bear arms will not be infringed. So saying, yes, we know we have to have some kind of military branch. So because we do... Which is necessary to keep the security right. of the free state. Yeah. And so because we have to do that, we're going to make sure our people are allowed to stay armed. Yeah. Because that will keep this from overwhelming them. I just heard a thing this weekend that um, someone had written, I think it was to Jefferson... And ask them specifically about cannons because they're mm-hmm. they were using them on ships. Yeah, and they're like, "Do you think that cannons could be included in this Second Amendment that you guys have? Like, would it provide for us having cannons?" And his whole thing was like, "Yes, of course. Yeah, this is the type of that's thing why that they said for. That's why they said and arms, like, this not specifically biggest, flintlock muskets. This is the biggest artillery they had available, and they're saying. And so the person that was saying this is like, "What is the modern equivalent of yeah. this? This is." One of your heads of state making a a rule 
a an amendment to the Constitution yeah. that allows you to carry artillery. Yeah. The level at which they were using to defend the country right. itself. And that's the thing that uh, that always mystifies me. And Because they'll say, oh, no, they didn't mean weapons of war like we have right. today. That's no, all there was. They literally, literally meant weapons of war. <laughs> this is what they were going to war well, and, with. And the funny thing is, is my favorite thing, and I don't know how we got, well, not how, but I'm surprised we got onto this one so no, quick. No, but no, I'll run it with was it. because I said yeah. about the well-regulated right. militia, and but, you're like, no, 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 no. But just as an aside to that, when when people talk about <laughs> when people talk about, oh, well, they only, they never envisioned anything beyond, you know, musketry and those kind of things. You're talking about people who went from probably seeing almost no firearms to the proliferation of firearms and making them widely available. And they were seeing massive innovation in firearms even during the revolution. Rifling and, and better materials and better powders and all these things. And when you think about the minds that were actually at the head of what was happening in creating... Uh, the Constitution and creating these amendments, that would be the equivalent of saying somebody like Elon Musk would not have the forethought to think that technology is going to continue advancing. Yeah, they uh, and they were making provisions so that there could be enough arms called upon yeah. in a moment. Should they need it? To defeat an invading army. Which was likely to be the British again if it was <laughs> to happen again. Which it did. What they were meaning was every... But he should be able to be armed. They weren't going to require the Quakers to take up arms. No. Uh, otherwise, uh, William Penn would have stood up and objected right. loudly. Right. You know, all Pennsylvania probably would not have gone along with it outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, they, they were talking about arming the populace in such a way that anybody that came in to invade them could not. Right. And that's what we currently have. Yes. Yeah. Um, so again, there, there's so much there's so much misconception around the Second Amendment. Uh, people not actually understanding what it says. People not actually understanding what it means, and that it's it's made vague on purpose because it had to make room for what was coming, and what was going to continue to be innovated. Yeah. So, my my point in the well-regulated militia thing, I latched on to the wrong part of the Second Amendment to justify my point, but what uh, the point that I was making is yeah. that better training should be um, a part of owning a firearm. Like, yeah. you and I own firearms, and we're well-trained. Right. Like, we've had right. training. By, choose, by our own yeah, choosing, yeah. By our own choosing. We've gone out, we've got training, and I'm like, I think more people should be doing that. More people that have guns should be going out and getting training. And what concerns me is the number of people that have guns, that have firearms, that are not trained in any way yep. regarding storage, regarding usage, re and maintenance this is a lot any of, of it. This is a lot of what Maj Touré is all yep. about. Like he, Black Guns he, Matter, man. Check him out. Dude is legit. <laughs> he will say some off the wall spicy oh, yes. things for you, but yeah. he's he's an he's he an makes, interesting cat. He makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, with my libertarian sensibilities, he makes me uncomfortable sometimes. But he is doing the the work of training people who own guns how to properly use them, yep. carry them, and and uh, he he posted a thing this weekend where everybody was like, oh well, if you just armed every you know young young black person or young Mexican person or whatever, then these politicians would change the laws overnight. And he's like, no, I don't think that would have the effect that you think no. it would. 
He's like, they should be armed and they should be trained in how to yeah. carry arms. Yeah. You know, and that's going to have the opposite effect when people actually understand <clears throat> guns. So, so f- for me, what I was saying in light of a lot of things that we've seen recently is I was telling you, and I would probably still stand behind it, that I do think there should be better firearm training mm-hmm. as far as like storage, carrying, uh, discharging, situations in which you can legally, cannot legally, right. and, and where those lines fall. And some of that I feel like is in the same way, like I don't have a constitutional right to drive. So they can infringe it and they can put a process in there that says, right. I have to go get a license from the government in right. order to drive. You do have the constitutional, uh, constitutional right to arm yourself if you want to. So it's not like we can create barriers, but I do think there should be training that's... I would almost like to require training in some way, but my way of doing it would be different than how the government would do it. Well, in the I would have the government partner with people that are already doing the training. Yeah. Similar to what we do for Hunter Safety course. Yeah. So if you are a 50-year-old and you want to go out, I believe in Ohio, like if you wanted to pick up a gun tomorrow, register as a hunter, you could go out and hunt. But if you're under a certain age, yeah. you have to go through a hunter safety course and yeah. prove that you did that in order yeah. to get your hunting license. Well, we used and to so, do this, though. And so this like, used to be in schools, like elementary schools would have officers come in and do firearm safety training. Like this was common practice. Yeah, our and, school had a rifle team. And it went away. No, but I mean, even... I'm talking like my dad's generation, our oh, dad's yeah, generation. Yeah. Like it was common. Like okay. they would show up and bring a gun into the classroom and they would take kids out and teach them how to shoot and do these. Like this was common. And no, it's not like that one guy who shot himself. And <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> I know, what you're thinking what of. Uh, but they did. They did this all the time. It was part of the culture and why there was more respect around it and why there was more concern and safety about it. And, and that got abandoned first. And then we got into other things that I could rant about, but I'll leave that alone for now. But yeah, that used to be common. Yeah. I, and the government won't partner with most of the people that do firearms training locally, like the people that you know. Yeah. And, and that's what I would like it to be. Hunter safety training, for those of you guys that haven't done it, you go to a local community center. It could be a gun shop. could be like, yeah. I think ours was in a fire hall yeah. when it was done. And we went there and they had all kinds of different guns laid out and they showed you how they worked and they walked you through, okay, you got to know your target. You got to know what's beyond your target. What if I encounter a fence? How do I climb over a fence safely with a gun? Well, you don't climb over with your gun, right? Like this is how you do it. And how do I pull my gun up into my tree stand? How do I, you know, all of this stuff was very, very helpful. How do I make sure my gun is unloaded? What is a game warden looking for? If he comes around that says this, firearm is not loaded right and it's after dusk like i'm not supposed to be shooting anymore what's he looking for yeah and that so it gets into legalities but it was really good training and i was 14 12 something like that yeah and it was so helpful i i do think that under a certain age and that could be 21 it could be i mean you're not allowed to rent a car till you're 25 maybe you make it 25 and you say anybody 25 and under if you're gonna buy I don't know. If you're going to go buy a firearm, you have to show that you've been through a course of some kind. Yeah. If you're older than that, we're going to say you right. should have figured it out at some point. Right. Or you need one right now. You yeah. Know? 
but, one of the things but that then, I, but then you have say a young woman in college that's got a stalker and she wants to go buy a gun and now she has to go to a course and now she's got to go through all this stuff and it's like this is why it's 18 right and and you know just being where i was the last couple of weeks it's like well why does any young person need an ar and i'm like one of the things is if you're if you're a smaller frame person you're a woman or you you just can't handle a big right. rifle like this gives you the ability to defend yourself in the wide open country on a dark road in your house yeah outside your home it's an all purpose thing and like if there's multiple people coming or you don't think you're going to hit on your first shot you're not as well trained as someone else this is great way to defend yourself like i yeah. i don't know anyone that has a problem shooting right. those right it, it it is a good self defense and people say oh it's not about self defense um yeah it certainly can be yeah well and and once again i mean there's a reason that that, that style of of weapon has been popular for as long as it's been and maintained its its credibility all around the world for police force for military for all those things and again let me be very clear it's not the military it is style. not the military style it is different it may look the same but right. it looks the same in the way that i could i could put a formula 1 car or put my like a honda civic engine in a formula 1 car and it's going to look like it but it's not going to do the same thing it's not going to perform right. the same way it's that kind of a situation you can take an ar put a wooden stock on it and you know make it look like a other than other the, than that yeah, lower the, bit the the uh everything else the is ruger customizable. mini the ruger mini 14 is a perfect example okay it is yeah. literally an ar-15 in almost every way but it's wooden <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. look quote look scary yeah but it's it fires the same round you can use the same magazines all that stuff is the same but i could put a picture of a mini 14 up and a picture of an AR, and somebody would tell me the AR-15 shouldn't be allowed to have that, but they'd be like, yeah, that's okay, because yeah. it looks like a, quote, hunting rifle. But again, that's all, that's all political smoke and mirrors. That doesn't actually, and it's, and it's done by people who don't actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's a whole... And you don't need a rifle for hunting? Um, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's going to have to happen. Yeah. Unless you want buffalo roaming through the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> or moose overtaking all of the Northland. That's right. That's like right. Somebody's got to hunt them. Or coyotes. That's the other thing. Coyotes yeah. come in packs. Yes. How, do you, how exactly you're going to wait for them to get shotgun close? I'm not <laughs> waiting. No, I'm not waiting for that. <laughs> no. Goodness. There's only one way to hunt coyotes. And the government introduced them <laughs> to yes. most... Most yeah. of our East Coast. So yeah, that that whole thing we could we could go rounds and rounds, and most of you already know you know where we stand on those kinds of things. It's not going to be a surprise to you. Um, yeah, we probably lost a few people already, but that's okay. oh, I don't know, I don't care. It's it's fine. They can come back for the next one. Yeah, they're fine. But uh, yeah, once again, this wasn't the initial plan, but there is some good reason we're talking about this. Not just the events that have happened lately and that people are. Are are railing about. I I will say about this. I I had a moment of, and I'll 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 be a little vulnerable with this. I did have a moment with, um, with this and having a discussion with Kayla, because she found out about the 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 shooting in Texas, and I had known about it for some time, um, and I'd processed it some with you and with Ross, like we were kind of talking through it, and she came to me, in the evening. She had just put our youngest to bed, and told me, "Did you hear about this?" 
thing in Texas. And my immediate response to her was, yes, and I don't care, which was the stupidest words that I've ever uttered because I absolutely do care about what happened. It did right. matter. I was furious and I was heartbroken. And she got instantly hot. And Kayla does not get instantly hot much, but she was livid. And rightly so. And she wasn't livid even so much that I said that, but like it was a, you need to let me process this and we're going to talk about it. But for me, what I was so frustrated about and the reason that I even uttered those stupid words was I was already sick of the narrative that was starting because it automatically was let's draw political lines let's fight about this right away let's talk about gun control let's talk about and it wasn't from the perspective of for most people anything but scoring political points and I mean that in the politician sense I was I'm not on social media I'm not watching what people are saying in that way that's that's a whole different discourse but to see politicians turning it into a grandstanding moment on both sides like, I was just done. I, was do- I didn't want to hear about it. I, I was in the gym hearing about it on the news. But it wasn't about anything. It wasn't about the families. It wasn't about the kids. It wasn't about the tragedy. It was all about the political talking points. And I was just like, I, ca- I don't want to do this. We went to politics real fast. Yeah. And that, and and that just infuriated me. It absolutely infuriated me. And, and so I, I did. I will admit I had one of the – that was one of the more um, shocking responses I've ever had to something like this, um, even shocked myself. But once again, it's, it's not about the situation, because it is, it's, 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 it's tragic, it's, it's infuriating, it's heartbreaking, and yeah. It, it, but it's hit a point with me now where it's like my response is starting to become anger. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that, and we could get into that, but again, that's not what we're here to talk about necessarily, but it, it, it's something we need to acknowledge, it did happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, I was kind of shocked that like I've become so, I've become so jaded by the process that we always enter into, after anything like this, where we're where we're talking about the wrong things. Now I will say the one thing that I want to emphasize, there is nobody who is okay with what happened. No. Left, right, center, any of it. Everyone. No mad one about is it. okay with it. So please, please, do not demonize one side or the other. Right. As if they're okay with this. No. Because that's not true. We may disagree on how this gets stopped, on how this can be managed, on how this can be changed, and that's fine. I'm great with that. I'll go toe-to-toe, and I'll disagree, and I'll do any of those things, and I'm great. But we cannot look at each other and call each other evil and pretend like we're okay with something like this happening, because nobody is. So please, in your, in your Facebook discourse and all of that stuff, remember that. The person that you are sparring with, regardless of which side of the aisle they're arguing from, they see this as the evil it is, period. We all yeah. do. All of us do. And so let's please remember that when we're having these discussions. I'm off my soapbox now. I'm there done. you go. I'm done. I'm so done. you do care. I do care. I yes. do care. But sometimes we don't say the things we mean. No, no. And sometimes you unfortunately say the thing you mean in the exact moment you mean to say it. And <laughs> you wish you hadn't. You wish you could have it back. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yes. One of the reasons that we're on this, and we kind of pre-gamed some of this, so that's part of why we got to the serious stuff really quick, is where have you been, Sheldon? Uh, for two weeks, I've been in the country of Australia. Yes. So and For work. And Sheldon is quickly becoming a well-traveled <laughs> uh, individual while I still sit here in Worcester, Ohio doing the things I do here. I've been to Canada and I've been to London and that's 
That's it. Oh, Belize. Belize. Those are my London three. London and Belize are dots I do not have on yes, my map. Those are those are my few. I've I'm not as well traveled as a lot of people. No, but, but you're also have du- dual citizenship. So Sheldon has all these things that make him seem more exotic that he does. And you wouldn't imagine it meeting it's just him. Just an but illusion. It's, no, it's not an illusion. It's <laughs> I, I think the uh, the uh, the small town dude is more the illusion as opposed to what you've actually experienced in life. That's but true. Again, that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, so you've been in Australia. So we have talked already about yeah just a bunch of random stuff from it. So I don't even know where to begin asking questions. It's fine. Like I don't know where to start either. I will say <laughs> that Australians are the nicest people you will ever meet. Like. People were great. So, I, so like on a rating from from like Canadian niceness, where would you put that? Uh, better than Canada because Canada gets drugged down by French Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry, fair. <laughs> But it's fair. <laughs> They're just mad because they don't want to be attached to all the other crazies. They want to have their own crazy. And that's fair Sorry, as well. I can compliment one people group without putting another one down. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this. Hold on. <laughs> Australians are wonderful people. They, there you like, go. Everybody was very generous. They were kind. And I was there for two weeks. And I met some of the greatest people. And like just genuine people, all sides of it. They had an election while I was there. Yeah, um, which was bananas because it was like their their biggest like change in power in the last eight years for sure, and it was nothing like it is here. Yeah, I mean, you still had campaign signs, and you had an election night coverage, but apparently all of these people in in australia they all hang out like the politicians all hang out afterward and go get beers and yeah. whatever like it's not like it is here where it's like aoc right. would not get caught chilling with Rand paul right like it's not not gonna happen right and and which is in some ways kind of sad because someone like aoc could learn something <laughs> from Rand paul <laughs> sorry i digress <sighs> and yes. you know <laughs> i i don't know it, yes a lot of people would say it the other way around um, yes, but um, I, it's it's one of those things like they their election coverage was interesting because they're they changed out a conservative leader that had been there for quite some time, Scott Morrison. Yeah. And they put in a the, the Labor Party won um, Albanese. What's his name? An- was it Anthony Albanese? Not like sure. I forget what the politician. That Surprisingly, I do not won. follow Australian politics. Anyway, <laughs> he won, and there was a couple like independent upsets, but the biggest driving issue of the election, you would think it was COVID. It's not. It was climate change. Yeah. Climate change was the huge thing. Yeah. Um, which surprised me, but um, Australians are very conscientious about climate yeah. change, and they believe. <laughs> almost universally that it's being called uh, and it would seem like i i i don't know like i i couldn't tell if it was just the people i was running into yeah or if everyone was kind of of the same mind but i met people that were gun owners i met people that were not gun owners i met people that i believe were on the left and people that i believe were a little more conservative but they they wouldn't talk politics enough to know yeah but i would try and feel this conversation out and yeah. it, there was just an, an unwillingness to disagree on things like we they just were not willing to yeah and they're like oh no this is not like like you guys do over there mate 
Like, <laughs> you guys go at each other. And, like, they do say mate all the time, but one thing they wouldn't say is throw shrimp on a Barbie because <laughs> they wouldn't say shrimp. They called it prawns the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> shrimp or prawns. I love it. And, oh, uh, one other thing that I really did like was on the train, like, instead of having exit, it would say way out. So I'm looking for the way out, and there it is. Also, they had mind the gap on the oh yeah on the uh, subway train yeah. station platform, and I love that because <laughs> it's so British. It's fantastic. It mind is. the gap. It is. There's a lot of British things. Yeah. And a lot of American things. So I felt pretty well at home. Like the food was not weird. Yeah. Um, they did the British thing where you have like baked beans for breakfast. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of the things that was available. Yeah. Oh, their coffee is amazing. Really? Yeah. Somehow they got put on everything has to be espresso about 15, 20 years ago from the way it was told to me. Huh. And you go into a department store or grocery store and you have a whole selection of espresso machines and they get... The <laughs> they're all pretty well traveled and the ones that have been to the States are like... I remember the first time... I asked for a coffee in the States, and they gave me drip coffee. <laughs> and we were at a four, almost five-star restaurant, and I could not believe this that they brought out to me. Yeah. What is this? This is not coffee. Yeah. And, yeah, flat white or cappuccino or standard orders. If you want, like, a coffee like we think about it, it's a tall black. Yeah. And it's still espresso, just water, you know, yeah. added to it. and. Interesting. I don't know. It was a it was a huge thing. Coffee was a huge thing. I feel like I feel like coffee in, in America just kind of has a different. It, it's more of a functional taste. I don't know. It, honestly, I really think that. I'm, and it, it's become more social as time has gone on. But I think most people, especially in the initial, with coffee being a big deal, it's like we drink this to stay awake, or we drink this yeah. because you know, you know, we're feeling we're feeling like we're hitting a slump or whatever. It doesn't have the same the same cultural effect it does in Europe and and again it's become that but I don't think for I don't think in our initial culture that's what it was yeah they do have a bunch of wonderful nicknames for everything and it's just awesome like their football is called they, they call it footy like Friday night footy is is football it sounds um, like some toddlers do but they yeah footy you know <laughs> and uh the the people in Melbourne don't totally like the people in Sydney, and the people in Sydney will talk down to Melbourne all day. Yeah. But there's 25 million people in Australia, and a little over 5 million of them live in Sydney. And then a little over 3 million or more live in Melbourne, and the rest are just kind of spread Scattered out, out. All, all over the country. You well, got Perth. And I would imagine that's probably where you don't have the, like, homogenous political views is – the people who don't live in the cities. That could be true. I would say that's probably why you ran into a lot of very similar... Because you're dealing with everybody downtown. Right. I did spend a lot of time in the city. And I would also probably... Cont I, I know this is a strange thing, but, but I've always likened, from what I've understood, and you can, you can correct yeah. me, from what I've understood of Australia, I've always kind of likened it to Texas in the, a lot of its ways. In some ways, it seems like it. You're driving around and you see a lot of like SUVs. But I mean, even culturally, like everybody thinks of Texas as this wild West conservative, uh, whatever. Yeah. And it's really not. I mean, when you get into the cities, you know, you get into Houston, you get into Austin, you get into the, like these, like they're Everything not. you find they're, in California, you find in Austin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't, but you get into the country 
and exactly what you think of Texas as is exactly what's out there. Right. You know, miles and hundreds of thousands of acres worth of ranches, far as the eye can see, and cowboys and all these things. It's there, but it's not in the main places that you're going to go. you got to go find it, and that's the way they prefer it. And I've always thought of Australia in the same way. Like, you have this, I don't care about any of this or any of you guys' faction, and they just live out in the bush somewhere, and that's what they do. And they're they're separated from everything. And instead of cows, they farm sheep. You know, it's 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 just a different, a little bit different culture. But that's how I've always thought of Australia. Um, yeah, is kind of I, that vibe. I don't know. I didn't spend enough time in the country. I didn't see a kangaroo until my last day. But and thankfully, sad. I saw no no spiders or snakes, Ooh. which is what I was most worried about. Yeah, or sharks. But apparently, the sharks are a real thing. Yeah, down there. So yeah, I've yeah. I've heard that. But. Just more confirmation yeah. that we should not be in the ocean. <laughs> we don't belong there. We do not belong in the we, ocean. We can be on the ocean, but not in the ocean. We should not yeah. be in it. There's, there's some sort of rockfish that if you step <clears throat> on it, it's got like a yeah, stinger and it spines. stabs you and yeah. you die. Yeah. You die from it. Yeah. Somebody was telling me about that while I was there, and I'm like, that's petrifying. Yeah. Why do you go in the water at all? And he's like, I guess we don't really think about it. I'm like, how would you not think about it? It'd be the only thing yeah. I would think about. Whoa. Is that rock spiky or not? <laughs> <laughs> have a spine so so um so you were in you were in sydney and melbourne both yeah so were there were there big differences between the two melbourne was a lot bigger than i expected okay yeah i just driving around melbourne it made chicago feel small to me now i'm sure chicago has more people because mm. the u.s overall has more people right but i felt like i was in a big city just driving through and around it yeah and just construction everywhere mm. all over sydney I, I there was probably 10 huge cranes building skyscrapers yeah and i'm i've never seen that in a city where you have that many buildings yeah being either renovated or under construction and there was there was construction everywhere in both cities hmm. this huge boom i i don't i don't really understand it yeah uh, a lot of them were just coming out of lockdown, like not lockdown, but they were losing their masks basically for the first couple of weeks of losing their masks. So okay. public transport, you still had your mask and people were doing that, but nowhere else, not in restaurants, bars, hotels. Yeah. Some of the most of the staff in hotels did, but outside of that, there wasn't yeah a lot of mask use interesting uh public transport though was still big was what was it like getting on and off public transport there like cause it was you, easy have you been to new york yes like the pushing yep. and the shoving and the we don't care about you new york it was new york what was it like there yeah but it's sydney public transport there was there's five million people in the city and they still have these big trains but their trains are double decker okay subway trains interesting which was great like you walk in the doors and you can go up or you can go down or you can stay on the platform where they have the handicap spots. Nice. But there wasn't any, any time that I rode. Now, I was there on a weekend when I was riding public transport, but it was still not too bad. Yeah. But Did you find that people were fairly just polite in general? Oh, there? yeah. Everybody yeah. was super polite. And I finally made a comment about it as we were driving on, on the last day. I'm like, what, like? governs your roads and everything where people are not getting into road rage incidences. And, you know, I don't understand how everybody is so polite and no kidding. The words were no sooner out of my mouth 
This car cuts another car off in traffic. It was a truck cuts this car off. <laughs> they get out of their car. They're screaming at the other person. They're, everybody's kind of trying to drive around them. People are walking on the sidewalk, like turning around. And they both race off. They're blowing their horn. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's, I feel at home <laughs> There now. it is. There we go. <laughs> good aggressive driving. <laughs> Nothing up until that point. I've been there two weeks. I didn't see anything like oh, that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there was a big, like, fatal motorcycle crash that some people in our group saw where, mm. I mean, it was just a four-lane highway, and somebody went, turned the wrong way and crossed traffic, and motorcycle guy just biffed it. But, oh. um, yeah, it's it, it's very they, – they love Americans. They, they, like, everything is easy enough to navigate for an American. It wasn't that hard. Yeah. J- Japan was difficult. Yeah. They all had a system and they understood it, and I was like a fish out of water. Yeah. And uh, if I didn't have somebody there, I did. I did make it to the airport on my own, but that was yeah. I nobody around you is talking a language that you understand. Right. Australia is not that. It's right. Much, of course. Much much easier. Hmm. So yeah. So was there was there. Was there any moment where you just had this weird, like you've, you've, you've touched on some little cultural things, but was, was there ever any, any moment that it was just like, this is mind blowing to me that you people do this? I don't, I don't really think so. I don't think there was something that I'm like, wow, this is just weird. No weird. salad for breakfast? No, there wasn't anything like that. Like everything was very, very normal. Um, the whole meat pie thing was a little okay, bit different. Yeah. And they had some for lunch that were like the size of a quiche. Yeah. Kind of like a cupcake size. Yeah. And it was meat in a pie. <laughs> <laughs> and you dip it in like... They don't understand ketchup. That was the part I didn't like. They call it tomato sauce. Yeah. But even the Heinz, the Heinz stuff tasted mostly like I remembered ketchup, but I'm like... Either I'm remembering ketchup wrong, or everybody's doing their own take on ketchup <laughs> over here. I do and know. I like do know that Heinz manufactures ketchup differently in on different continents and different yeah, countries. And I, I could not get over. It. I would still. I would always order ketchup because yeah. I don't want to get confused and like somebody bring me some. I don't like know, like marinara sauce. Yeah, or marinara yeah. sauce. I'm like, I don't want to order tomato sauce. Yeah, and so I would just always order ketchup. I was. I would always say, I. Can I get some tomato sauce? I mean, ketchup or what? Like, yeah. Bring me the red stuff for these <laughs> chips, you know? Yeah. Oh man. That, those kinds of things were a little bit of a little bit funny, but it wasn't. It, so I didn't teach anybody anything new about America. That was yeah. one thing. Like they wanted to know more about the Amish Mennonite thing. Okay. Than than they did anything else because they're all really well traveled. Yeah. Not a single person that I had a conversation with hadn't been to the United States or other places. Yeah. Even sitting at a restaurant overhearing, like one time I ended up in like a college restaurant for some reason. It seemed yeah. like everyone was from college. People next to us were talking about like, yeah, they went to Shanghai for a weekend. I'm like, what? Well, who goes to Shanghai for a weekend? Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's you know, it's kind of tough to navigate, and you know, they're talking about like just being in Shanghai for a weekend, and I'm like, this is bananas. But everybody that I talk to has been to several places in the U.S. and other countries throughout the region. They're like, I was asked a couple people, how 
how is this? How are you guys so well traveling? Like, well, you know, we're on an island. If you're going to go anywhere, you have to go overseas. So, I mean, yeah. you just, you go and you got to go to America. It's almost like a rite of passage after you're in college. You pretty much just go. And yeah. you see the sights and, you know, New York, Chicago, whatever. But they were very interested in like rural like real life American right. life. They wanted to know more about that. And like, obviously city people and it's like, Oh, you have acreage. Like you have three acres. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like all of that. But, and in your mind, you're going, that's nothing. Like that's my stuff's nothing. small compared yeah. to other people. My father-in-law farms over 200. Acres. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things I think is so funny because there is definitely a love hate relationship with celebrity culture in the United States. Yeah. Like you either think celebrity is awesome and you want to do and, you and know be, all these people and you want to. Yeah. It's oh, it's so awesome. Or you just absolutely despise it. And you're kind of a grumpy old man about it. I am the latter. I am one of the grumpy old men about celebrity and most of our celebrities. I'm like they the 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 whole culture of it just grosses me out of celebrity idol idolization. My, I don't my attitude it. towards celebrity is a lot like Ricky Gervais hosting the Oscars. Yes. Like 100 percent. You people are out of touch. Yes. But and let me tell you why. <laughs> but it does give you some perspective when you think about the fact that outside of the United States, the majority window that they have on who we are as a people outside of the news is celebrity culture. Yeah. Is entertainment. And think about that. You know, Real Housewives and 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 Big Brother and the different things that we've done, like all these reality shows that are, you know, American. Like this is how they see us. But they've all been here. Yes, but that's I'm the saying difference with Australia. But I'm saying for the majority of them, that's the case. That's all you get to see. But even with Australians, like you said, most of the places they go, New York, L.A., Chicago, like they hit the big places, which is what you would do if you go. Right. So they don't come out here to see us. They don't come out into the outskirts of society and civilization, as it right. were, to see what we're about. Um, and I say that as somebody who, in our town, we have a huge international uh, – um, representation in our town because of, of the college that we have. Like it right. is, a, it has a massive international uh, student body, so we have a lot of diversity in that sense here, um, and a lot of people experiencing what it is to be here. But I, that always mystifies me, and that was one of the things that was interesting when I went to when I was in London was that was it. Like they knew all the pop stars and they knew all the all the celebrity gossip and they knew all that and maybe a little bit about, you know, they knew who George Bush was at the time because it was 2003. It was a long time right. ago. But that was about it as far as, like, anything. And I'm like, yeah, you don't actually know anything about America. You just, you you get these weird highlights that we're not even, you know, that we're kind of ashamed of even. And it was strange. It was really yeah. strange. I don't, I don't, I feel like they understood a lot of things about the U.S. Like, I don't think I, I would have been able to educate anybody on anything, really. Yeah. I mean, they weren't interested in disagreeing about stuff. Like, yeah. I wasn't going to convince anybody on anything politically. <laughs> I did try to, like, <laughs> there was some guy who was like, I just don't understand the whole Trump thing. And, and I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, one of the things that we have in the U.S. is a really smug and out-of-touch media. Yeah. And it, they enjoyed talking down to people for a very long time. And it was, no matter what you thought about the 2016 election, it was kind of great to watch <laughs> all the media personalities that were so high-minded about everything be proven wrong in real time, <laughs> progressively. Like, it started off 
like, oh, this is good. How would you say it? Schneidenfreud or yeah, yeah, yeah. However you say it, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is good. Come up and on you guys. And then it just got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And it was like watching somebody like lose their favorite pet in real time. But it was somebody that I mean, they're completely despicable. Half yeah. of them, yeah. Just in the way they talk down to people, yeah. And that's me talking down to them. But I don't. I mean, who am I? I have yeah. this microphone. They have that's theirs, right. So. That's right. <laughs> Oh man. But, yeah, yeah, it it, it yeah. was and I was like if you if you understand that feeling, then you can start <laughs> to get the idea of why a, a lot of Americans at the time loved the idea of him winning. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going way way back. Right. And but still, that yeah. was the discussion but that they, was had. But they didn't they didn't they didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. Yeah. They don't understand. And certainly don't understand why we need guns. I mean, probably um, jumping back to our first conversation, every single person told me the same story. Over yeah. There. We had a huge mass shooting, they, and they were like, it probably still holds the record as one of the biggest mass shootings in Tasmania. They had a, a huge mass shooting, and I don't know um, if it still holds a record or not, but... And they said, basically, the government was like, well, you guys have not been handling guns very well. Clearly, we can't do this. And it's time to turn them in. And they all went, yep, that sounds reasonable. Clearly, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want any more of this. So they yeah. did a gun buyback. And in a country of, I think at the time, it would have been less than 25 million people, 20 yeah. million people. Yeah. They got one-third of the guns in a gun buyback. Right. Which I think is funny <laughs> because that's still not the majority. Yeah, yeah. But then you were a criminal if you kept them. Right. But unless they're also... You, unless you are registered right. at a range and you show up at least once a quarter, I think, and you have to be able to prove that you are using it at the range and right. then basically the gun is rendered ineffective when it's at your house it's either right. locked up in such a way that it it's useless yeah nobody can break in and get it yeah. and use it but some, i also think guys were removing firing pins i don't know if that's required by law yeah. but but i also think that's one of the funny aspects is again in the cities that's enforceable in the cities but like out in the bush nobody cares they're, they're like yeah sure same <laughs> crap as always we're just gonna stay out here and the one guy I was talking to, he's like, yeah, you can hunt kangaroos here. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun. He's like, uh, not really. He's like, you can shoot them until you get tired of shooting them. He's like, they're kind of pests. And he's like, but it's about as much fun as shooting a Labrador. It's like, not like a deer. <laughs> a deer takes skill. There he goes. And it's a hunt. Yeah. And you wait. And, oh, there he is. Bam. You know, he got yeah. him. Good job. He's like, kangaroo. It's like. There he is. <laughs> Boom. Shot him. Okay, he died. You know. <laughs> there, and honestly, there, I feel like there would be something odd about, because of just the, the, physical, uh, the physical makeup of a, of a kangaroo, like there would be something oddly human about doing Where that. Where you got to shoot him? Yeah. And I th honestly. Because they stand upright? Is yeah. That, is yeah. That I think that, that would be, because there's so few animals that do. Right. And so that, or, or like even the same thing with like if you went and, you know, hunted an, an ape or, or, or a chimp or something like that, like there would be some odd, like. Yeah, I don't know that I could hunt. Yeah, I'm literally, like, I'm literally, apes. I'm literally right now thinking of staring down the barrel at a kangaroo and I'm like, could I pull the trigger? 
without a little bit of pause before I did that. Feeling a little guilty. Well, and it's not even guilty. It's just like the receptors in my brain that tell me, like, you're not supposed to shoot at something with that shape. Right. It would be, I would have to mentally, like, intentionally overcome that to take a shot at a kangaroo. Which it never occurred to me until right now, live on on the air in this moment, talking to you about it. I I literally pictured that as you were talking about hunting, and I'm like, man, I would I would have to I would have to intentionally do that. That wouldn't be a thoughtless act for me in any way. Yeah, which is odd. Yeah, but if you want to go anywhere, you have to travel a long ways because it's almost the size of the United States, and it's all desert basically yeah. in between. And so you have like the fertile East Coast, you have North, you have Brisbane, you have Perth all the way out west. I was told that Western Australia only had a week of lockdowns over COVID. Really? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we were free out there. <laughs> the, guy, the guy from Western Australia told me that uh, he's like, yeah, and this could just be his opinion, but he's like, yeah, our economy floated everybody else while they were all locked down. He's like, we have a lot of mining, a lot of things like that. Yeah. And Farms, mining, so, and vegetable farming, and all of that stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, we basically floated everybody while they all locked down and went home." So what's what's the um, I because I know it is the continent its own country, or are there kind of separate governances, separate countries within Australia? Oh no, they have it, all that continent is one country, but they have states. different states. Yeah. Okay. And during lockdowns, different states would lock down. Okay. And one guy I was talking to worked in two different states. Okay. And his state was locked down. I think he was in uh, Queensland, and he had to come in down into New South Wales sometimes. Yeah. And so Queensland's in the north, so it's more like their Florida. It's hotter. Yeah. It's, you know, more tropical. Yeah, and then as you go further south, I was all the way down in Melbourne, and that was they were going into fall, and it was you needed a jacket. It yeah, fifties. Yeah, you know, and you're out by the ocean, and it's cold. Yeah, but it, I mean, chilly. It was yeah. chilly going into fall. It wasn't winter yet. Right. But um, anyway, that his his state Queensland had too many cases, so they would lock down. Okay. And he had to travel to New South Wales for work, and he was a central worker. So he, he's like, it turned what would be an hour trip into an all-morning affair because you had to drive across, and that was fine to go into New South Wales. But then coming back, like you had to do your work and come back and wait in a long line to get to the border. Then you had to explain who you are, what you were doing, how long you were there, show that you were an essential worker, show what you were doing, yeah. and all of that just to get back in sometimes even i don't know if they had to test i don't know what so was is it only is it only two states oh no there's plenty of states western australia is a state uh victoria is where where melbourne is okay. you got new south wales, new south wales you yeah. got tasmania there's and then there's two also in the middle i'm missing what their names are but kind of in those desert okay. regions so like four f- four or five six somewhere i want to say it's like seven okay but i'm probably low we'll google it later yes that's fine <laughs> okay some people have a map up and they're fact checking us in real time and like these idiots well we don't know we don't know <laughs> we're doing our best <laughs> oh man so is it the kind of place where you'd be like let's go there on vacation oh it's great i i would absolutely go there except you have a 15 hour plane ride in yes. between how was that 
it was great because I had a decent seat. <laughs> if you're riding in coach that whole way, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. That that would have been rough. I I wasn't in economy. I was in economy plus, which means they actually have to give you leg room so your legs don't cramp Yeah, up. yeah. And then I got the seat. I was on the flight early enough to choose my seat when I got it. So I chose, and this is a good tip if you're going to take a plane trip that far, get economy plus. It's not first class, but your, your chair will tilt down, and you get a footrest that tips up. Nice. And they actually give you a decent two decent meals and choose the one right behind the bulkhead of first class. Okay. Because the leg room that they have to give you in the next couple rows, they have to give you to the wall yeah. instead of under someone's seat. Okay. So you can actually get out and walk around the person that's sitting beside you. If you have a window nice. seat, you don't have to climb over them. Nice. So I got my window seat and I could get up and go to the bathroom when I needed to get up and walk the aisles that that's the way to that was the way to do it yeah and honestly i don't know what's wrong with my knees but i need that i found like six hours into the flight yeah knee locking up on me and i don't know it was not good we're so, not young anymore uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sound really old oh, but no man. i worked like crazy while i was there I just didn't have a lot of time to explore but yeah to get to go see did, the opera house what did the what did the work culture seem like to you there overall? good yeah People were familiar, similar, because I know Japan was different. Yeah. So I mean, what was what was it similar? Was it any? Yeah, it's pretty much the same as here. Okay. I mean, we put in pretty decent days every day. Yeah. It wasn't like everybody's taking off at two o'clock or yeah, you know, working, burning the candle at both ends or anything. Yeah. But no, it was a real good work-life balance. I thought. Interesting. Yeah, everybody's got their life. They're into kids, sports, and everything like that. Yeah. Oh, they call <laughs> they call volleyball netball, which was tough. Which netball is a thing, is it? Yeah, netball is a whole. Maybe I misunderstood it. Netball is a whole. It's like a weird basketball. Oh, is that style basketball? game? But Maybe you don't you don't dribble. You can only pass, and when you have the ball, you can't actually move. It's so weird. That could have been a misunderstanding. Maybe. Maybe not. Because I would talk about volleyball, and then they'd start talking about their kids playing netball. And with the accent, I couldn't understand the word netball. <laughs> it was like knit, knit. They would say knitball. Yeah. Knitball. Yeah. And I was like, but you say that fast. Yeah. And I'm like, they play what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to be rude. I don't understand what you said. <laughs> so I have to ask. I know we're, we're going a little long, but again, we haven't done one of these in a while, so I don't yeah, care. Sorry. So I do have one last question. Sure. And that is Hills. You went to Hills while oh, you were Oh, went there. to Hillsong? Went yeah. to Hills Church. So Hillsong, Hills Campus. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. So not city campus. There's two, there's two different Yeah, campuses. I went out to Hills Campus only because I researched as much as I could on the phone trying to figure out which one was the main campus. The real one? Yeah, I was like, I don't want to go to some off-branch yeah. <laughs> church. I wanted to see, I wanted to go to Hillsong while I was there. That meant... Hills Campus, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I, as far as I know, I chose the right place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was a pretty huge campus, but honestly, there are churches in the U.S. that are every bit as big as that. Yeah. Like, I, the auditorium size, while it was bigger than our church that we go to, wasn't by stretches bigger. Mm. 
I, I didn't feel like I was that far from the stage, like I was in a stadium or yeah. something. Which is always funny to me when you when you see camera angles of a place, yeah, and then you're actually there, and you realize this isn't as big as it looks on TV or on on no, streaming it certainly is, and I they were just coming out of COVID, so it's kind of tough to judge anything. It was a little bit like here, yeah, when I thought everybody was just going to rush back to church, and people didn't, like yeah, they come back slowly and a bunch of them are still online and yeah it was one of those things plus hillsong's had a lot of negative press lately right you could tell there was a little bit of a cloud there just in general yeah but not in the way like the people were all genuine and yeah. nice and kind and all of that like just you know what you normally find in churches like it was it was good they had a really good um like, <laughs> it was funny. I told Nate before we came on. <laughs> Such a Sheldon thing is what you said. <laughs> I got there early because I didn't know how the train would work. And it was about an hour train ride. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'll just show up. I'll just, like, give myself an hour and 45 minutes in case this doesn't go the way I expect. Well, if you showed up at our church 45 minutes early, I didn't think about how that would go. Right. Like, there's no one there. Right. And so... I was like, oh, okay. So I just wandered up there, and I'm like, eh. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I, <laughs> I just, guess I'm here. I just started wandering around, and, and all the doors to the sanctuary are closed. They're doing sound check or whatever they're doing. Like, yeah. you can hear the praise band. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably what we would be doing yep. at our church. As yep. I'm walking around, I'm like, I'm kind of a fish out of water <laughs> here because I don't really belong here, and people I'm sure can tell. But I'm just wandering around seeing what there is to see. Yeah. And I started talking to this guy, or he came up and introduced himself, gave me his first name, and I was like, oh, okay. And he was asking me who I was and what I was doing, and I was telling him. And then he passed me off onto another guy who I found out is one of the younger pastors that's part of their uh, 8 o'clock service. So they had, normally they would have an 8, a 9, and a 10, I think, something okay. like that, or 8, 10, and noon, or I yeah. don't know. They usually have three services on Sunday morning, then a couple in the evening and uh they were only doing a 10 o'clock and then okay. an evening service and so i got to talk to the younger pastor and he was he was wonderful and he let me sit in on their volunteers meeting mm. that happened before everything kicks off which was great yeah a little you know a little uh message a couple announcements get everybody on the same page and then hoorah here we go yeah. and now people are coming and that was really cool and then they got me a seat and it, they were very friendly, but I found out that the guy I first met uh, was the campus pastor because <laughs> he gets up there. He gets up there and is like, you know, welcoming everybody after they played the first song. He welcomes everybody. And he's like, it's so great to see some of you back from COVID. Saw some of your faces for the first time. He's like, I met, I even met some new people today. He's like, I met Sheldon from Ohio. I'm not <laughs> sure where you are, but uh you know, good morning. Welcome to, welcome to Hillsong. And, and I was like, I have been in this place for all of 45 minutes and I already got a shout out from the stage. <laughs> and even after service, I'm, I'm at the welcome center. Cause I wanted to see how this yeah. goes. Right. Cause I'm a new person. And, uh, and they're like, Oh, this is Sheldon. The one that Sam called out from the stage. And I'm like, that's great. Okay. Sheldon from this the is, stage. This is Sheldon. And, and, and again, like, that is such a <laughs> Sheldon story. And I'm equally entertained hearing it now the second time as I was the first time you told it to me. I love it. I love it. It's, it's so funny. It's one of those things. Jeez, man. <laughs> oh, 
gosh. And it's one of those things. If you wander around and act like you don't know what you're doing, sometimes you just fall into interesting situations. Clearly. Yeah. Oh, man. You can go pretty far just acting like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's 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 very true. And, and, you know, sometimes we'll be doing that and Jess is like, I need to ask this person what we're supposed to do or where we're supposed to be. I'm like... How about if you want to go over there, just wander over yeah. there. If you're not supposed to be over there, someone will come tell you. Yeah. And if nobody cares, then you've wandered over to the <laughs> place that you wanted to go. I'm like, I figure if I'm not supposed to be doing a thing or... Someone will tell me. Yeah, someone yeah. will tell me. Other yep. than that, I'm just going to go wherever I want to go. Yep. Like, I walked in and I went up on the second level. I'm not even sure I was supposed to be up there. Wandered around. Yeah. Just looking to see what... And, I, you know, it's like, oh, that's an office. Well, that's not where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was funny. But well, yeah. it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. And, the, you know, the service was good. And I, I came out of it being like, I miss our church. I feel like we do a lot of things really, really well. Yeah. And it wasn't like any of that was bad. It's just like. Home is home. I like what we do. Yeah, home and, is home. And I, I actually do miss this little green spot in, in northeast Ohio. Yeah. Um, we don't have anything amazing necessarily, but we don't have, you know, hurricanes. We don't have massive fires. We don't have Earth everything breaks, that really. crawls around bites you. Yeah. We have a few spiders and, and centipedes. I did check the room for the centipedes <laughs> before I sat down. But uh, other than that, you know, Ohio is pretty benign. It's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna try and kill you. No. No. I didn't see any snakes or spiders while I was there, which was the main goal. Yes. Did see kangaroos. Saw a dead wombat. By the way, wombats are bigger than I thought. They are big. Those things are huge. Yeah. Like, they look adorable when you see them on pictures, and you're like, oh, I would hug one. Yeah. You see them in real life, and you're like, no uh, way. Like, that thing would hug you back. Yeah. <laughs> they, they say if you go camping and you leave food out. The wombats and, will And if it. a wombat comes through your tent, it's like a bowling ball went through your tent. It just, everything is <laughs> gone. Like, <laughs> he's like, you come back to the campsite, and people are out there with duct tape, you know, doing up their tents. Oh, my goodness. wombat just comes straight through the wall. <laughs> I love that their names of things are just so awesome, hilarious. Like it's just, it's so amazing. That's so amazing. A Ute, a the ute, trucks yes. are Ute. Yeah, just things like that. I don't know. Yeah, oh, everything was expensive though, because the Australian dollar is crap right now. Yeah. Yeah. But man, oh man. At least they're combating climate change, so that's important. <laughs> Glad somebody's on it. That's right. <laughs> well, there you go. Are you good? This was delightful. This was delightful. I'm entertained. <laughs> I'm very entertained. I'm uh, sure we horrified some. Hopefully, I didn't make any enemies in Australia because I did honestly love everyone I ran yeah. into. They were yeah. great, and they treated me really well. Well, the um, whole point of going anywhere is finding what's weird about it. Like, that's why we go well, other places. And like I say, I didn't teach anybody there anything. Like, yeah. They knew yeah, everything about us. So is yep. it, and if you're worried anything about Australia, don't worry. They've already been here. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yep. Even the guy that was like picking up the plates from the table at the hotel. Yeah. He's like, 
he's like, oh, where are you from? Are you from Philly? And I'm like, because I had a Philly shirt on. Yeah. And he's and I'm like, no. Well, I grew up near there, but I live in Ohio now. And he's like, oh man, that'd be cool. He's like, I haven't been to Ohio yet. I've been to Chicago, and I've been and he's like, name me a few other places. I'm like. What is this? <laughs> Has everyone been here? <laughs> Literally everyone. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah. well, good. I'm glad it was good, but I'm also glad you're back. Yeah, glad to be back. I, fe- I feel better when you're in Ohio. I don't know. It, it did kind of, for, like, for me, America is where it's at. And as far as my, my calling and everything, yeah. I can say for sure, like, I always thought growing up I would be a missionary because yeah. I came from a missionary family. And, you know, spreading the gospel is very important to me and, and all of that. And I get the whole missions and call yeah. and all of that. And I felt that kind of call when I was pretty young. Well, and that's been our culture. I mean, we've been raised in it. We've right. seen it. And everywhere that I've been and everything that I've seen, it's like I am passionate and I love the church in America. Yep. I really do. I'm with you. And I will defend I will defend it to anyone. Yeah. These these people, the people of God in the United States carry an important thing and I'm not saying they're better than anyone. It's not a, an issue of better. Christianity is a long flat table that stretches around the world and their one head is Christ. Yeah. You know, this is there is one body. There's no hierarchy here. Right. And the Christians I met overseas, every time I meet them, there's a camaraderie. But I am passionate about this place, these people, this country. Whatever it means, wherever it goes, this is where I'm going to be. Yep. And I love it. I I honestly, I don't know. it's, It's a place I can't wait to get back to, even though we've had a lot of brokenness. We've had a lot of hurt. Yeah. There's a lot of anger and disunity and whatever else. But there is some really, really good things, and there are things that we carry that do make a difference yeah. in, in a lot of places. So I'm glad to be back. I'm very passionate about being here, being planted, and seeing good things happen. I'm but with you. <laughs> there you go. All right. I don't think we can end any better than that. So I'm going to call it on that note. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you the next time. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.